if we really want to get technical here, it was painful to start. I'll be very honest. I, I can remember we had no idea how to turn things into action. You know, we had this idea and, you know, we were, we were just, as Charlie mentioned before, it was, I believe it was summer after first year where we started thinking about it. And so Blake Ross, founder of Firefox, Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, Steve Jobs, creator of Apple, three young and successful entrepreneurs. People tend to see teens as angsty, rude, and irritable, when in reality, teens can be some of the most successful and creative people. Welcome to Now I'm Here podcast. This podcast aims to teach the younger generations that no matter your age, the possibility of success is within arm's reach. All you need is a little perseverance and a strategic mindset. Like Walt Disney said, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Dare to dream. Now to our host, Sydney Jacobs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Now I'm Here podcast. Today, for the first time, we have two guests with us. We have Charlie Martin and Grant Whitmore from Sublet Connect. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about Sublet Connect and the team behind it. Sure. So my name is Charlie Martin. Uh, I'm the CEO of Sublet Connect. I'm a fourth year student at Western University. I study philosophy on the side, although it's becoming more and more a full-time responsibility. I, I manage Sublet Connect with the team. Yeah. Awesome. Hi, guys. My name is Grant Whitmore. I'm the COO of Sublet Connect. I'm currently in my fourth uh, year, fourth and final year of school. I'm studying business at Ivy at Western and uh, really excited to be here today. Thanks, Sydney, for having us. My pleasure. So Sublet Connect is kind of like, it was a group of buddies. You guys are all friends from beforehand, before you guys started? So most of us were. Um, so I originally had the first idea for Sublet Connect back in first year. In first year, I was at Laurier in uh, the BBA program. And so I was always uh, thinking about business and opportunities. And the original idea actually came about um, I was actually drinking with some buddies one night. However, we were all, it was towards the end of the year and a lot of us were looking to sublet our rooms over the summer so that we could recoup some of that rent while we were back home. And so I guess a little in vino veritas, I started figuring out that the current sublet market and marketplaces just are not good for students. They don't make it easy to navigate and it's a very clandestine uh, journey between Facebook gr groups, Kijiji platforms that can be very hard to navigate as a first time consumer in the market. And so, you know, that night I kind of had the idea. I wrote it down and I started sending some messages to my friends, the first of which was Grant, a friend, longtime friend from high school. Uh, from there, we started putting the team together. So what is Sublet Connect? Sublet Connect is essentially it's a website, but you know, as, as entrepreneurs and business, as a business student, I prefer the term online platform just to spice it up a little bit. But essentially our, our, our platform is meant for students who are looking to sublet their rooms at any point during the year, it gives them a place to do so. And if you're looking for a room for a short term, uh, you, you might be able to find one as well instead of signing into a full 12-month lease. As Charlie mentioned, obviously, the sublet kind of market, if you will, though currently the market is, is quite uh, it's quite inefficient, you know, people having to jump from kind of one platform to another. And so our, our goal here at Sublet Connect is to really create this centralized platform 
uh, where students students kind of have that wrap. They have uh, everything at their disposal, and I, I guess that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of a little wrap on that. As simple as I can make it. So, what is the team behind? How many people do you guys have with you guys? Like, what does it look like? Who's working for you? So, um, including Grant and myself, uh, our third team member is Kyron Bonner, and he's part of the founding team. Uh, he's a fourth year student at Guelph studying marketing. And so he really drives our marketing and strategy for uh, user growth and partnerships with campuses. More recently, we brought on another team member. His name's Finn McGee. He's a student at Dalhousie studying entrepreneurship. And so Finn has a lot of sales experience. He's what we call the rainmaker. He, uh, has been great for the promotion and uh, you know investment and funding for Sublock Connect. Going forward, he's gonna be a core part of our team. And then the fifth and final member, one of the most important is our developer, Matt Green. Uh, Matt Green is a Western alumni from the class of 2012. Um, and so he has a lot of experience with web development, web design, as well as various startups that he's begun and managed over the course of his professional career. And so he's been a great contribution to our team. And, you know, it's kind of good to have his perspective. Uh, the other four members are students and we're in the thick of it. However, Mac Green is a young professional. He's almost 30 and he really sees the uh, opportunities for our platform and marketplace beyond just the sublet market and students. He can see the grand vision in the greater rental market as a whole. And so because of that, he's joined our team and he hopes to take us where we need to go on the development side of things. I'm sure Matt will appreciate you dropping his age there, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 2012, I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners could have done the math, but <laughs> yeah. Grant, how would you say that it's like working like under one of your friends? You're the CEO. Do you see it as working under Charlie or do you see it as working with him? Uh, I, I'm more, more the latter for sure. And although I would never, if it were reality, I would probably never admit to Charlie that I was working under him. But no, in all, in all truthfulness, I, it's a partnership in a sense, you know. We actually only, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, we only incorporated a little while ago and for the first kind of little bit we actually operated as a partnership and we didn't have titles and um, it's something we've kind of recently adopted but I think we still carry the same mentality into kind of our this next phase we really push although it is kind of a small team you know culture is important to us and kind of building our identity and so part of that is working as like a partnership it's kind of like who we are you know Nia is kind of like like just because someone is kind of supposedly under Charlie uh, doesn't mean their idea doesn't carry the same weight. And so I think we all do have kind of equal say in what goes on. Um, and it's something like we really, we really push for try not to shoot down ideas, but also at the same time, it's nice to have Charlie. Charlie is kind of the visionary here. So it's nice to have him steering the ship, but I guess to sum it all up, uh, I would say working with is definitely the way, the way things happen at Sublet Connect. Charlie, would you agree? Yeah, just to add to that, when I was um, first figuring out uh, the team and putting it together, um, the first thing I looked for was people who would complement 
the skills that I have and, you know, add to the strength of the team as a whole. I think for any startup, the team is likely the most important part. It's easy to have an idea and a vision, but it's another thing to, uh, you know, capitalize on that vision. So, you know, Grant mentioned I'm the visionary. I deal a lot with the strategy and the guidance of our business. Um, and Grant compliments me heavily in turning that vision into reality and really getting things done. So as a CEO, I think, you know, that's that's what you're looking for. And so far it's it's worked out. Sounds like you guys have a really strong team and some good culture within the team that you do have for like good steps moving forward. Mm-hmm. Simpatico. Once the team was made, once you guys had the idea, how did you really put it into action? Like, did you need funding? Where did the capital come from? How did this all, the snowball started rolling, but how did you really grow it into what it is today? Yeah, I I can take that. If we really want to get technical here, it was painful to start. I'll be very honest. I, I can remember we had no idea how to turn things into action. You know, we had this idea and, you know, we were, we were just, as Charlie mentioned before, it was, I believe it was summer after first year where we started thinking about it. And so it was a lot of research and really now that like we're here looking back on it, it was simple research. It's like, we had no idea how to build a website. We, I remember once we sat down, I think we spent like three hours watching an hour long video on like basics to getting a website going and like think about the toolkit that is probably such a small thing in it. But now it's kind of like that was like a necessary building block to get to where we are today. And so it's just it's just a lot of research, a lot of learning, reaching out to people. We've gotten a lot of great advice, had some great mentors along the way who have helped us out. But obviously, like it's it's one thing to know how to take the next steps. But like you said, like capital is necessary. And so a lot of the initial capital we've had to raise has been um, from our own pockets. So myself, Charlie, Kyron, and Finn have all um, contributed $4,000 to the cause. And then in the most, uh, that, that helped us get us through some of the initial stages. Um, and also last summer, we kind of went to our friends and families. Uh, kind of an important raise in every in every startup. So uh, total, we, we've raised 25 or We've contributed, I'm not sure if raised is the right word, $25,000 uh, to this point, which has helped, helped us get through kind of some of the necessary phases, um, you know, building the first version of our website, which you'll see online today. A lot of that money went to that, kind of finding a developer. Um, also, like just kind of upkeep costs, like the, there are things which creep up on you, like, you know, having emails cost us each like a couple a couple dollars per month but over the course of the term it adds up so that that's kind of been an important thing but just obviously twenty five thousand may seem like a lot but you'd be surprised how fast some of it goes so we really we really uh, strive for efficiency with that money what about the support from friends and family did anyone say like just focus on school for now work on this when you're done or was it like go ahead um i'm trying to think uh i think you know our parents would probably blindly follow us into into hell if they had to, but uh, no, they, they've been really supportive uh, of us through the entire process. Um, you know, we, we, we'd always, I mean, before COVID, obviously, we used to gather at each other's houses to kind of do some of our meetings when we were, we were able to. 
Um, and they were always just kind of supporting us and giving us ideas. My dad was a consultant for 33 years and he, he's kind of seen a whole array of businesses and industries. And I've always been one to just kind of walk into his kind of his home office and just kind of bounce ideas off him. So he, he's been great. Obviously, like, let's not deny the fact here. We are, we are still students and like our parents still care about our education. So, and that's something that I think we take into the team as well. School is still important to us, but it's kind of like a, you, you can kind of think of like committing to a team or a club, right? You know, you can still do school and do like something else. It doesn't mean just focus on school completely. So that's kind of the attitude we've adopted. And if you have to take time off for school, you do it. But otherwise, you've committed to the team. You manage it the same way you'd manage. Um, I know you used to play hockey the same way you manage a hockey team. You know, you committed to the team. So for sure, I would say we've gotten some great support from them and they've been good. But I, I guess maybe, Charlie, if you got anything to add on that. Yeah, I think um just in terms of like the support and listening to those around you with experience. I remember back when we first had the idea, like a big concern of mine was, should I be, you know, sharing this idea with anybody anywhere? Um, you know, they might steal it, they might do this and that. And definitely over the course of, uh, you know, Sublet Connect and our experience with it, I've learned that, you know, that feedback that you get when sharing ideas and the criticism most importantly is like fundamental to the growth of your business. And like, it starts with your friends and family. They'll be your most honest critics. And, you know, that criticism has been critical to the development of our strategy, how we manage things. And now as we're a bit more progressed, we're starting to approach investors and industry experts, um, so on and so forth. You know, the criticism and feedback we gain from them has been invaluable, polishing and sharpening our value proposition, our business, our approach, and just the overall structure of our company. You know, it's good to stick with your vision, but you definitely have to remain flexible, balancing it with school. You know, it's important to be flexible and acknowledging the demands and obligations you have apart from the business. But I think if you genuinely believe in the idea and it's been demonstrated to work, um, you know, it's something that you just have to go ahead and get done. And so, you know, that's why it's great to have a passionate team and we're, we're in it for the long haul. What are some of like the biggest like life lessons that you've learned through doing this throughout the course of oh, doing man. it? Um, <laughs> how, how PG do we have to be? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, Charlie, do you so, have any for, I, I have one in mind, but Charlie, go ahead. The biggest life lessons. Um, for me, I would say um, being honest with each other and making sure that, you know, you communicate well as a team, especially during COVID. Communication has just proved to be at times a challenge as we're trying to, you know, organize meetings and strategy and coordinate across the whole team just being sure that we're honest with each other, but also committed to communicating and, you know, understanding each other and making sure as a team, we're all on the same page. We share the same vision and same understanding. You know, I think that's the biggest lesson for me is just communicating and, and teamwork. It's, it's not a one man job. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that's a good, good takeaway. I would definitely say like the importance of team is huge. You know, there, there, are, there are times when you, you like, I guess when you're starting a business or when you think of an idea, you're like, oh man, I'm going to take this from zero to a hundred real quick. And it's not that way at all. You know, this past fall, when we brought Finn on, 
Um, Finn actually committed, I guess a little backstory, Finn reached out to us originally and given his program, he has um, some co-op terms. And so this, he committed his co-op term this fall to it. And it was out of word, uh, how do I describe it? It was eye-opening to see how nice it was to have another person on the team with different skill sets and who was able to commit that sort of time, you know, you think even, even when it was three of us, it was like, we were getting a certain amount done, but bringing that fourth person on, you know, just helped us really um, take us to like kind of that next level and helped us kind of achieve some of our goals for the fall. So I'd really just reinforce what Charlie said there. I would say one other thing I'd taken away from this whole experience is that not everyone is going to see the value in your idea. And it's, imp- and it's important to understand when to hold your ground and when to, and, and when, and when to kind of give in, you know, we've, we've pitched um, dry pitch to a few people so far in an attempt to kind of raise, raise a little more money or kind of get some advice. And I think of a few, few occasions where we've been told like, we don't see the value in this. Like, I don't know where you're going with it. And it's, it, it's kind of disheartening to be honest. I remember the first time that really happened to us calling Charlie on the phone and there were a few words that were shared that will not be repeated. But um, I think like calming down after that call, it was just kind of a realization that you're going to get a lot of no's, but it's all going to be worth it when that one person said, when that one or maybe a few people say yes. So um, just got to kind of stick to if you, if you've kind of validated your idea, just sticking to it and not letting the naysayers get you down. Is this something that you really like see going into the future, like being in your final year of university? Are you planning on working on this or are you going to look at another job for, for the summer, for the, for the following fall? Um, so I guess uh, the lid is, lid is off now. I, I, so I'm actually transitioning out. Um, so I, I am going to do something else now. However, the rest of our team um, is committed to doing this full time. Uh, Charlie and Finn still have another year of school left, so that they'll still be plugging away at it as as uh, as they are now. That being said, I'm sure I will stay involved in some some capacity, probably some sort of advisory role, or it may just be as casual as Charlie messaging me for my thoughts or opinions on something. But that that's kind of where we're at now. It's a bit of a it's a little tricky too as students, just because Kyron and I are in our final years and Charlie and Finn are in their third years. So it's a little tricky in that front um, just because it's difficult to see. Quite frankly, like it's, it's difficult to justify not having money and then committing someone to a full-time job, you know? So um, it, it was a little tricky there, but, um, but yeah, we, we still have a team that's committed to doing this full-time and long haul. So totally confident in that. Do you have any source of income right now coming in through Sublet Connect? Is there any revenue or is right now it's just, it's, it's starting? Yeah. So, sorry, Charlie, go ahead. So yeah, as um, an online marketplace, uh, the network effect is obviously paramount. So our initial focus, and this will likely uh, carry us through at least the next year is on user growth. Um, And so this past fall, we uh, launched with like the first version of our platform and our goal for this platform was to validate, you know, the service and features. And we did that effectively. Um, We amassed a good base of early adopters. Uh, We generated focus groups and leveraged um, our users' feedback, um, basically to inform our 
value proposition as well as development. And so moving forward, uh, we're releasing the second version of our site in January. And so our focus for the next year is going to be heavy on user growth and really capitalizing on our initial markets. However, we will start testing some revenue models this coming year. A couple of those are payment platform. We're going to start testing featured listings for students as well as landlords. And we also hope to roll out a beta version of some premium services this year that we hope to turn into an effective revenue stream by 2022. But yeah, definitely in the short term, our first goal is growth. And then we will start focusing more heavily on revenue, breaking even and ultimately turning profit. And I think that's just the nature of uh, the market we're in and the platform we're trying to build. So Sublet Connect, it it connects the person, the, the two people together. It doesn't actually facilitate it. So there's no like service charge that could be applied almost to each transaction or each sublet. So, so I, I can handle that, Charlie. Yeah. Um, so so it does facilitate, it actually does facilitate. However, uh, it gives, you know, we, we know students are on all sorts of different budgets, right? So it gives, there is like kind of an op opportunity to do things a free way on our site. It still does facilitate it. Like you can request like when you want it uh, up, up until a certain point, essentially the payment, everything is free. There's no service charge. However, one of the premium services Charlie was alluding to was um, actually payments. And so that's one of the things we're really working on during this web website 2.0 version of Sublet Connect. And so, if you want to do everything through the site, you will have the option to. So you'll be able to pay through the site. Uh, there will be a fee associated with that. However, we thought it was important to also give users the opportunity to kind of do things on the side if they wanted to. But obviously, you know, having everything in one place is important. So we, we, we believe that you, it will really add some value to our, uh, to our platform. Just to answer your question a little more straightforward, no service fee to list or to like kind of book with some or request like a tenancy with somebody. So. Does facilitating the sublet like put you guys at risk if something goes wrong? Apparently, no. However, um, this will become a concern of ours. Insurance is going to become a recurring cost as well as legal fees. However, as an online marketplace similar to eBay, Airbnb, and whatnot as a third-party facilitator, we're pretty well indemnified until we start to expand our reach deeper into our consumer's pocket and ultimately increase their value. But we'd probably really safeguard it against that. Uh, we will have to pay for insurance and legal fees, obviously, but that's the nature of any marketplace. But currently, uh, as long as the students and users have gained their land landlord's consent, we're properly indemnified. And that is a requirement to use our service is verification that you have, you know, the explicit consent of your landlord, because ultimately it comes down to the student who's listing. It comes down to them being responsible to ensure that they're obeying by the terms of their master lease with their landlord. I was gonna, I was gonna say that question is definitely for the son of the lawyer, so. Glad you took that. <laughs> so, Grant, your father was a consultant, and Charlie, guess your father's a lawyer. Have they kind of been like mentors on your path to doing this, or like did you guys really take control and do it yourselves and just kind of get their opinions here and there? So, um, you know, any legal advice from my dad is uh, <laughs> expensive. Like he deals with uh, 
MA law as well as corporate litigation. So he's able to give me advice uh, regarding like various terms and conditions, privacy policy, sublease agreements, and so on and so forth. But I think generally the uh, main advice has just come from like business acumen, experience of, you know, negotiating with people, agreements, stuff like that, how to approach certain problems. He's been very helpful there. So as my mom, uh, she was a salesman for a long time. And so teaching me, you know, the art of the sale, uh, <laughs> not, not a good reference, my bad. Um, but yeah, just teaching me the uh, salesman acumen and, you know, how to persevere through uh, challenges and deal with the team at times has been great, you know, great advice that they're able to give me. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I just having someone with that business knowledge to kind of back you is, is really important. I would say a lot of like things have kind of been us. It's, it's, it's more, I'm thinking of a quote here. It's like, it's easier to ask for, for forgiveness than permission. And not, not that obviously we have to ask our parents for permission or forgiveness for anything, but usually it's something we'll do. And then in retrospect, we go to them and kind of ask them for their opinions. So generally it's us kind of generating and pushing forward with it and them kind of giving us their feedback. My dad is in terms of his business style, I would say he's old fashioned in the sense that he likes physical things. So things that can be produced in like in a, in a factory uh, that you can physically see and touch with your hands. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see his take on, a business like ours where we're very focused on user growth, um, not really focused on revenue in the short term. So it's, he, he kind of plays the devil's ad, advocate a few times. He, he has played the devil's advocate a few times, which has kind of helped us, you know, take kind of our grander ideas and make them kind of shrink them down to something a little more realistic. So it's been helpful in that way to have their advice. But sometimes, you know, you just got to push forward and see what they have to say on the side. I would what say, sorry, just to add to that, I would just say that when it comes down to the actual idea and vision, I, I think our most like important advisors are ultimately our peers, you know, students, millennials, uh, young professionals, people who are actually in the market dealing with these problems, because ultimately the rental market, the housing market, you know, the whole idea of the middle class is very different today than it was when our parents were graduating, entering the workforce, navigating the housing market. And the problems that our generation are dealing with today are unique. They're new and they're different. And so the advice we got from our peers uh, has incredible value in that regard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it doesn't necessarily relate to the experience of our parents or, you know, elders. <laughs> What is your main way to really grow your market to get more people on your platform? So um, our first goal was social media and that's been a success for us so far. We've established a uh, strong social media presence across you know, the popular platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And so we really drive social media promotion and advertising. Apart from that, I would say key partnerships has been key. Uh, we approach that on two fronts. Uh, we approach campus partnerships with student unions, administration, as well as, you know, maybe newspapers, clubs, people in leadership positions. 
And we've also approached, you know, local small business partnerships to really uh, drive that sense of community that Sublet Connect hopes to foster and facilitate with our platform. And then the third element of our initial marketing has just been going on to the existing platforms, Facebook groups, Kijiji forums, and just directly messaging listeners and advertising our platform and our product and why we think they should list with us. And because we have a freemium model, it's free to sign up. Uh, it's free to list. It's free to search. Uh, that's been very effective in winning, you know, early adopters, initial users over from the existing platforms. And we hope to continue driving that. One thing we're developing with our version two is synchronized listings that users can post across various different platforms. They can sign up for Sublock Connect easily use our listing process and make a listing which they can then advertise themselves across facebook kijiji and their various different platforms that they already use and so we're really hoping to drive that network effect and spark some viral marketing uh, because we'll ultimately hope that we'll capitalize on the market share we need to retain users and get some organic growth in our initial markets five-year plan where do you see it going how do you see it evolving that's a good question so our first goal is to really uh capitalize on our initial markets which are london guelph uh halifax and in 2021 we're going to target waterloo and so we hope to achieve uh 25 market share in the next 18 months in those locations from there uh you know the network effect will really kick in and we'll start expanding our horizons uh, to the 12 month rental market, as well as the landlord market in, in uh, student housing. And so that's going to be our first expansion. We hope to win over landlords, 12 month rentals, but ultimately by the end of our five year plan, we hope to be well primed to enter the broader rental market and sublease market uh, with young adults, millennials, Gen Z's entering the workforce because ultimately the problems that students face in the sublet market are felt by current consumers in the broader rental market. And so our platform is definitely primed to enter that market and effectively capitalizing on the student market is a great way to enter and gain a foothold in the, in the greater rental market. If you could give one piece of advice to a student who has an idea that wants to put it into action, what would each of your advice be? Grant, you can go first. <laughs> um, ooh, I think we said it earlier, but I, I'll, I'll say it again. Have a good team around you. I think that's definitely been like the most valuable thing I've taken away from this whole experience. Like I said earlier, like it may seem like you'd be able to kind of build a company by yourself, but once you get into the thick of it, it's more than it's it's more than difficult to do so. So, really getting those those initial team members who can complement your skills and who can help put things either drive drive the vision or put things in the action is is super important. And I would really advise anyone looking to start their own business to think first and foremost about who they want to have on their team. So. Yeah, obviously the team, but then I would just say once you've worked out your vision and I guess your business plan, once you've hammered out the idea, I would just say go out, share it with as many like knowledgeable people as possible and just try and get as much feedback as possible early on and quickly 
because that will really help inform and shape the vision which we, you were going to pursue. So yeah, definitely leverage the feedback and opinions from your network, from your peers, because um, that's the initial validation of your product. And I think that's a core element of any successful startup. For sure. I think with that, we're going to close off the podcast for today. Thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. Once again, their company is Sublet Connect, and you can find the link to their website and Instagram in the description below the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the next episode of Now I'm Here.